All right, guys, let's get to it. What is happening? What is shaking? What is going down? How's everybody been doing? So, get these keys out of my pocket. <clears throat> so, I wasn't going to do a podcast this week. Uh, we got a, got a little hurricane coming through, something like that. Um, I'll talk about that here in just a little bit. But uh, now I'm going to do a podcast because there's a hurricane coming through. So, <clears throat> I figured why not? So, I missed. Uh, I didn't do one Monday. I worked, um, God, I got notes down here. I should read my notes, huh? The way I know what I'm talking about. But first off, why don't we open a beer? That is the first order of business. So I've got, uh, I've got a broken glass here. So I'm not going to use that. Just realized that was cracked. I do not have another glass up here. You know what? We're going to do the unthinkable. We're going to drink a beer without a glass oh no the world is gonna end not really guys but I'm gonna drink this uh, sweet water mosaic single hop hazy IPA if I can get this uh, fucking video to work then you'll see this can I'm showing to you right now on the hero pro or the hero 4 not the hero pro I say that all the time so this is a mosaic single hop hazy IPA from Sweetwater Brewing Company it is an IPA it's supposed to be in a New England style, but it's just made with the, with the one hop. So I'm not going to be able to get the, the colors and the haziness of it without the glass. But I took all my glassware downstairs. <clears throat> and the one I brought up, apparently I cracked on the way up. Because it wasn't cracked when I pulled it out of the cabinet. So I must have banged it on something on the way up. But anyway, Sweetwater, they're down there in uh, Georgia. Let's pull up a little info. There's no no more info, guys, on Untapped about this thing. You know, some people some people write big descriptions, some people don't. But these guys are out of Atlanta, Georgia. They do some pretty solid stuff. I had the uh, the G13 uh, strain here recently, which is one of their newer newer options as well, and it was very delicious. Uh, super heavy weed smell on the nose. Uh, just a great great tasting IPA. I think it's good. I like it a lot. I'll see what this guy tastes like. Hmm, that is pretty tasty, actually. Sweetwater is stepping the game up. <clears throat> I wasn't a huge fan of those guys, to be honest. There I go, Sam, to be honest again. But I wasn't a huge fan of those guys. I mean, they're okay. And, you know, every time I went through the Atlanta airport, going back and forth <clears throat> to the West Coast, I would definitely stop into the brewery there and get some of their beers. But, man, it is hot up here. So I'll let you, know, let you guys know that. I, you know, I just last minute decided to uh, kind of put a podcast together, a little show together. So people have something to listen to, you know, while they're riding out the hurricane that's coming up here that we'll talk about. But so since it was last minute, I didn't have the AC turned down up here. I always have it set at like 81 degrees. So now I'm up here sweating, guys, because I jumped in. <clears throat> I'm trying to get out and do a kayak here, um, right around a low tide. So... <clears throat> I came up and said, man, I got to get this done, get it done uh, quickly so I can get out on the water before the, uh, the sun sets. Because if you listen to the last episode I did, you don't want the sun to set while you're out there on the river because um, then you miss your landings and you're in the dark and it's scary and all the ghosts come out and you see all these little googly eyes staring at you from the, from the uh, shore and up in the water. So I want to get done before the sun goes down. <clears throat> 
good thing about where I'm going today, um, just going out in the Ashley River, I talked to the elusive Gordon, and he is not available to go kayaking today. So uh, when I do go out, excuse me, this late uh, this afternoon, I'll just be putting in right down the road from the house here at, at the Ashley River. And that's just, um, you know, one landing. So I put in, pull it, put in and put out at the same place. So I, I won't have any problem finding that landing for sure. And it's all lit up and stuff too. So it's a pretty big boat landing. Um, <clears throat> that's not what I was going to talk about at all, but that's what we've, uh, we ended up talking about. So the TN river raft at gmail.com. We talk about this every episode. Um, uh, we're a sponsor for Slayton Johnson up there in Gatlinburg for the river rafting that he does up there. He's a river raft guy, uh, two or three different rivers up there that he manages. Uh, you can go up there, you can do a day paddle, which is phenomenal. Uh, you can go up there and do a night paddle, which is extra phenomenal. So I've done both with him, and he is an excellent guide, very professional, uh, doesn't play around, but plays around and has a good time. So you're going to get both up there with him. TNRiverRaft at gmail.com. Email Slate and let him know you're interested. He will get back with you, and you guys can uh, come hash out some dates and some times and uh, how many people and all that kind of good stuff and just set the trip up and I guarantee you 100% that you're going to have the best time of your life and uh, you're going to recommend it to all your friends. So tnriverraft at gmail.com. Also, never forget that we're brought to you by the Keto Dojo. Keto Dojo may be undergoing some uh, changes. Not really. I mean, it's still going to be a place where you can go and you can fight your, uh, your fat and win. Um, there in the dojo. We're going to teach you how to do that. So get on over there on Facebook. Just type in The Keto Dojo. You'll find it. Go to it. Read the uh, pinned description of what we're all about. Uh, Like I said, that's going to be changing um, ever so slightly just to include a few more things so we're not just pigeonholed into one specific uh, way of eating. Um, We would like to branch out to some of these other things that are kind of in the same vein. I mean, pretty, uh, for the most part, most things um, that I follow or that I pay attention to and that the science is, is leaning towards is uh, low carb is the way to go. So all these pretty much are gonna incorporate some sort of low carb um, element to them. The biggest differences will be the amount of protein, the amount of fats, those type of things that, um, that you wanna incorporate with that. And also um, incorporating some types of fasting, whether it be intermittent fasting, whether it be extended fasting, whether it be super extended, whether it be a water fast, whether it be a dry fast, a bone broth fast, whatever. Um, you know, again, the science is showing we eat way too much. We don't need to eat as much as we're eating during the day. And we're just taxing our system all the time and we're causing it to be super inflamed and it's causing uh, illnesses and causing problems and cognitive function issues and just whatever. So Karen and I would like to both go in and kind of retool this thing a little bit try and make it even better, make some improvements to to reach more people. So we're, again, not just pigeonholed into one diet because the keto diet just doesn't work for everybody. So <clears throat> that's what we're doing. Keto Dojo, it's on Facebook. Also, as always, brought to you by uh, Lulu.com. Lulu.com, it's a place where you can uh, self-publish your works. If you've written a book, if you've written a novel, if you've written a, a kid's book, if you've um, designed a coloring book, a calendar, whatever you got, 
and you don't have the money to, to kind of get out to a big publisher and order tons and tons of, uh, of um, inventory, I guess that's the word I'm looking for, then you can go over here and just self-publish your works. You can put it on lulu.com and it's a print on demand or it's also ebooks as well now so you don't even have to get a print copy uh, you can go over there and publish your works and uh, you know when you sell a copy they send them a copy when you sell a copy they send them the the link for the ebook or the e-calendar or however you're um, whatever you're publishing out there i published a book it's all fun and games and tell it was written by me uh, there's also a story in there by a good friend of mine uh, ryan olds he also wrote a story and uh, contributed to the book. <clears throat> it was supposed to be a book where a friend of mine, um, Brian Sumter, he, and I'm, I can't remember if I've talked about this before. I think I've, I've definitely um, talked about it to uh, friends of mine. But a friend of mine down there, uh, I think I did talk about this, but we, we were all going to contribute a story to this book, and Brian Sumter was going to write this book um, about his house and about all the happenings at 265 Loophole Drive, which was the address there that he lived uh, in Valdosta, Georgia. And that's kind of where everything just kind of started, uh, our nights out, our shenanigans, what have you. So everybody was going to contribute a story. I contributed a story called The Movie, and uh, it was about some shenanigans. There's that word again that, um, that we would get into at this place called the China Garden. It was a, a Chinese restaurant, and we would go in there. And actually, I read this story, didn't I? Yeah, I read this story. So you can go back and listen to that. I read uh, this actual chapter from this book on the podcast. But um, I submitted that story for the book that Brian was going to write, and he never ended up writing a book. He just kept procrastinating, saying, oh, I'll get to it, I'll get to it. And he never did. So I said, "I'll I'll write the damn book. And, you know, Forget all you guys. So I asked everybody to submit the stories to me and said, hey, submit me the stories. I'll write the damn book if Brian's not going to write it. I'll take the time to do it because it's a lot of time. It's um, a lot of work. That's what I did. Nobody, only one person, Ryan Old, submitted a story for me, and it was a piggyback off of a story that I'd already written. I said, hey, um, I wrote this story. It's kind of about you, and it's got you in it and uh, about us. So I would like you to write your version of that story and right, your insights and your opinions on what happened and how you felt about it and your feelings and how you felt things transpired and, and came about. So he wrote a second story to my story or a side story to my story, I guess. So, And that one was called The Mother's Day Present, I think. Mother's Day, it might just be Mother's Day. I don't know. But anyway, it's all fun and games until you can find it at lulu.com. You can just type it into the search bar, or you can go to lulu, L-U-L-U, dot com, slash, spotlight, slash, Dale's Inc., and that'll bring you right to the link. You'll see the ebook format, you'll see the paper copy, and then you'll also see a book that my younger son, Brian Jr., wrote. But it's all fun and games until um, I write true tales for anyone in a relationship or thinking of being in a relationship. Uh, these insightful stories of love, trust, hate, dishonesty, friendships, marriages, enemies, and divorces will make you question what you are doing in your own life to hurt the ones you love. Brian tells the bitter truth, disregarding the consequences, with hopes of improving just one person's life. Kind of like what I'm doing with this podcast, really. I'm sorry, guys, my nose. 
My nose is running for some reason. So get on over there, lulu.com. Check out not only my book, It's All Fun and Games and Tell, but everybody else's book. And the good thing about it is it's not like Amazon. It's not like going to Barnes & Noble or the bookstore. These aren't famous uh, celebrities that are writing these books. These aren't famous people that have a whole bunch of money and big publishers and editors. These are people out there like you and me that are just trying to get uh, their ideas out there on paper. And they're creative and, and um, they're writers and they just want to be heard. And it's a place where people can put, uh, you know, I guess kind of their amateur works up there. So <clears throat> I'm doing a lot of air quotes today. If I can get this video going, you'll see. But <laughs> doing a lot of air quotes. Uh, I just did like three right there describing that I was doing air quotes. So I'll take another sip of this mosaic single hop hazy IPA from Sweetwater. All right, I think that's enough ads. What do you think, guys? <clears throat> I don't really have anything as exciting as I did the last episode. If you listen to the last episode, it's called the Happy Ending episode. You can kind of figure out maybe what that show maybe was about. Um, I talked a lot about the, the kayak trip that Gordon and I took on the Edisto that, that turned a little dangerous there toward the end. So go back and take a listen, and then uh, the last third of that or the last, uh, yeah, the last quarter of that episode, um, I talked about uh, my birthday present. So go back and take a listen, the happy ending episode that uh, aired last week. Um, what else? I'm starting to feel better, guys. I don't know, you know, if you guys noticed um, a few episodes ago. Well, I guess it all started with, with uh, the one... Uh, man the one where I shouldn't have driven and if you haven't listened to that one go back and listen to that one it'll uh it'll get you in the, in the heartstrings um what was the name of that episode I'm gonna go back and find out real quick let me pull up uh, my pod bean but starting with that episode I kind of I kind of got in a little bit of a funk I was kind of down there for a little while so um, I'm starting to feel better that's what I'm trying to say what was the name of that episode Yeah, the awakening, the awakening episode. Man, that was way back on July twenty fourth. Holy shit, that was a long time ago. So yeah, I did that episode, and then you know, pretty much everyone after that had a little bit of a of a downward downward spiral to it, and uh, not really some negativity, but I think a lot of people could just tell I was kind of just wasn't in a in the best of moods, and uh, a little scattered, a little kind of all over the place, not really having a whole lot to say and wondering if I even wanted to do this show anymore or whatever. So, but Hey, feeling better. Um, I haven't been taking really good care of myself and, uh, been a little down, but I'm on an upswing. I think I'm, uh, I think I'm back in, into the mix. Uh, college football's back. That makes a big difference. Um, I had, a, had a birthday that, uh, that helped out a little bit. I always feel good after a birthday. I, don't, I, I like getting older, um, because I feel like my older self, is every year is, is better than my younger self. Um, I'm always trying to make improvements, whether it be health-wise, whether it be fitness-wise, whether it be uh, physical appearance-wise, <clears throat> whether it be the decisions that I make in my life, uh, the things that I care about, the things I don't care about. I'm always trying to kind of whittle down. Uh, whittle, is that the word? Whittle. 
That sounds right. Whittle? Is that what people do with wood and stuff? They whittle, whittle wood? I think that's it. I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to go with it. If it's not, you guys know what I'm saying. But I'm always just trying to whittle away um, at the excess and, and get rid of the unessential, uh, which would, it was kind of like uh, the philosophy Bruce, Bruce Lee had. Um, take what is useful, get, get rid of what is not. So that's what I try and do every single year. I try and uh, fine-tune my life in whatever way I can, you know. Like I said, whether it's uh, uh, fitness, health, personal appearance, um, you know, this whole minimalist thing. I'm trying to, to get rid of stuff and just get rid of junk and quit, drink, quit being so controlled by uh, things and stuff and um, trying to get the next best uh, piece of equipment. You know, I've had this uh, stupid scratched crane on my... Uh, scratched crane? Did I just say scratched crane? cracked screen on my phone since the, um, the last part of June. I haven't gone and gotten it fixed, you know, because it's going to cost me money. And I'm like, the phone still works. I can still see it. It's not as pretty and glorious as it was, you know, when I had a nice, shiny, uh, complete screen. But, you know, hey, it works. And I just noticed that it is 420 right now. That's the time uh, of this podcast right now. So, um. <clears throat> Just saying, yeah. So I'm on upswing. I had a birthday, so I'm always trying to get uh, get better. Um, it's Charleston Beer Week this week, uh, from the seventh to the fourteenth. So we got a few more days left on that. So that's been good. Um, I quit the coffee shop this uh, this past week. Saturday was my last day at the coffee shop, so it, you know, it was stressing me out trying to juggle it uh, between working at the brew house and uh, the brew house business is picking up. Caleb and I are over there. Uh, both of us uh, helping to turn things around over there. It's always been a, a decent business, but um, I think we're taking it up to the next level here. It's a busy month this month because of Beer Week, and then you have Oktoberfest as well, so uh, we're working hard over there, trying to bring you some cool events and some good beer and, and uh, just trying to let you have a good time. Um, the coffee shop, like I said, was just stressing me out, and it's just one of those things I just talked about. I'm trying to to hack away at the unessential and, and trying to, to, to whittle out that uh, sculpture, you know, and make it just a, a perfect um, piece of art. So get, getting rid of the coffee shop was just one of those things I had to do to alleviate stress in my life because I'm trying to live stress-free, my brother. So that's what's going on there. Um, what else? Speaking of the brew house, I just finished working five days in a row. I had the day off yesterday. I was going to do this uh, show yesterday, but I got caught up doing some other things, which I'll talk about here in a minute. But just finished working five days in a row at the at the brew house and um, a few of those shifts at the coffee shop as well. Man, I was worn out yesterday. I was going to do the show, but I decided just to take off and uh, go around town, <clears throat> check out some of the businesses that were open for the hurricane because a lot of people were closing. They started closing at the beginning of the week. So there were still a few people out there yesterday that were uh, partying and said, hey, you know, on Instagram, whatever, they would post, hey, we're open. We're one of the few people that are open. Come out and, and enjoy some specials and uh, have a good time with everybody else that's sticking around town. A lot of people bolted. Uh, yesterday they had a, an evacuation, mandatory evacuation for all the coastal areas. So those guys took off, uh, started taking off at noon. 
Uh, they've put out a mandatory evacuation for uh, some more counties today, so more people are going to be taken off out of town. But, um, yeah. So I've been working a lot. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm going to get back to the hurricane here. I don't want to talk about it too much at the moment. But um, Sunday, man, we did an event uh, for Beer Week, Charleston Beer Week. We did it on Sunday at Homegrown Brew House. It was called uh, Beer versus Wine. It's a beer versus wine dinner. And I tell you what, <clears throat> I've worked hard in my life. I've worked hard a lot in my life, uh, you know, being in the military, deployments, um, whatever, mass casualties, um, you know, uh, different natural disasters in different places I've been. I've, I've worked, I've worked some hard work, some tough work, but I, this beer dinner, <laughs> this beer versus wine dinner that happened this past Sunday, holy shit was that a lot of work. And... Uh, Caleb and, and Mike and Vinny did all the work on, on putting it together and, and kind of logistically planning the entire thing. So they put all those pieces together. But when we got there and we had to now take all these pieces and make a move, that was, it was a big challenge. But my hat's off to, uh, to Vinny, to Caleb, to Mike. Man, we pulled together... A fantastic event and we pulled it off pulled it off without a hitch I think um, there might have been a few hiccups behind the scenes that nobody even knew about but overall we put that thing together and it was a fine oiled machine it ran smoothly we there was five different courses and what we did was we paired a uh, Caleb paired a beer with each course once he figured out what the what the meal was going to be he decided what beer would pair well with that uh, particular protein or uh, carbohydrate or the sweetness or the hotness or whatever he he pulled together beer that would pair well with that and then Vinny pulled pulled together um, five different wines that would pair with each one of those dinners so the whole concept was we were we we put a dish out we pour you a beer, pour you a wine, you eat the dish, you taste the, the two different beverages with it, and we give you a scorecard, and you decide which one wins. You put a check mark on whether beer won that round or whether wine uh, took that round. So we kept tabs. Um, all five courses came out, all five drinks. <clears throat> At the end, we tallied up and counted all the votes, wrote them up on the board, and it looks like Vinny took home the trophy this year. And there is a trophy. It's going to be engraved with a beer week, you know, food and wine pairing winner or something. I don't know what Kale's going to inscribe it with, but it'll be a trophy that'll get passed around every year between uh, Accident Wine and Homegrown Brew House. <clears throat> Went very well. I did. Almost 12,000 steps, I think, in that during that event, which was about six miles on my activity tracker. Whew, man, it was just, we could have used a, a couple extra hands to deliver all the meals and de deliver all the drinks to each table. We had 50 people. So each course, we had to take out 50 different beer glasses. We had to pour 50 uh, glasses of wine. We had to take out 50 plates of food. Um, prior to that, of course, we had to do all the put all the wine glasses on the tables because the wine glass stayed the same the entire time. And then um, 
So we had to bring a beer out to each table for every course. We had to bring food out. We had to pour the wine. And then when the course was over and everybody was done with had an empty glass or an empty plate, we had to retrieve those, bring it back to the kitchen. We only had 50 plus plates for 50 people, so we had to reuse all the plates. Everybody was everybody kept their forks. We took the plates back to the kitchen, and the kitchen guys, uh, one guy back there, had to wash all the dishes and dry them to be replated by Mike with the next course. And then it all happened all over again. 50 glasses out to the table, 50 plates, uh, 50 pours of wine, blah, 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 and so on and so on five different times. It was non-stop moving. The first half hour, I was sweating my ass off. I mean, it took me a while to acclimate to the activity level that we were doing because it was out of control. It was ridiculous. And I kept saying to myself, man, we should have we got one more person as a runner. And probably next year if we do it again. Well, when we do it again next year, <clears throat> we'll probably put uh, one more person as a runner. I didn't mind. I don't get very stressed out. I'm pretty calm, cool, and collective in, in any situation you give me. And I think the military helped me out with that a lot. And martial arts, to be, um, if I'm going to put it put it to something. Martial arts and, and the military both have just kind of, you know, made me right there, just even keel. So it takes a lot to stress me out. So I wasn't stressed out. I was moving, not really stressed. Could have used one more person. It would have been more efficient. I think the d- delivery and the it'd been better for the for the customers. You know, uh, it took a while for the food to get out to, to bring fifty plates out between the, the three of us serving the plates. So that's the only thing I would do different. But the good thing about it is I kept all the money, uh, tip tip wise. So if there would have been another runner, I would have had to share that with somebody else. So got to weigh those options. Um, I think we should do one more person next year. I'll, I'll share the money. I think it's just for the event and for the customers. I'll sacrifice a little bit of money because I, I think it's worth it. Man, I do. I really like this. Go pick you up a six pack of this sweet water. I'm gonna write this down so I don't forget. Sweet, sweet water. Put that in the show notes. <clears throat> All right, so, like I said, there's a hurricane coming, guys, I guess. Um, it's been out there in the Atlantic for a little while. Hurricane Florence, or Flo, for short. Hurricane Flo. So it's coming, and, it, you know, I wrote a, a Dale Stotts from the Zen Garden about this yesterday on Facebook, but I just think it's funny how everyone wants to be involved. We just love catastrophes. I mean, even though they say it's horrible and they're scared, Deep down, people people want it to happen. People want this hurricane to come. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people that do not want it to come. But I think the majority of people, we love catastrophes, man. People want this hurricane to come here. They want, and they want to dramatize how how big of a deal it is. Uh, we just love catastrophe. It makes their their world seem more important than everyone than someone else's world. You know, it's like, look at us, look at us, look at me. I'm, I'm, I'm in a hurricane, Florence. It's coming right at me, guys. Look at it. Let's, let's, uh, let's talk about it. And then the next person says, "Well, we have tornadoes where we're from, and you, you haven't seen anything until you've seen a tornado." And then the next guy says, well, "We got earthquakes out where I'm at, and you haven't been through anything until you've been through a, you know, a five or a six uh, earthquake on the scale." 
what you haven't experienced anything unless you've been you know evacuated because the whole town's on fire out in california every year so everybody's always trying to have the the next biggest um catastrophe because we just we love catastrophes as humans we we like we like trauma we like uh we like things to be in disarray now i'm not saying that's everybody but i think the majority of people i mean look at the news all you see on the news is tragedy and i've talked about this before you know the last five minutes or maybe even two minutes of a newscast of an hour nightly news you get something uh, squishy like a, a puppy or something that happened with a seal somewhere or you get uh, you know some llama that uh, got uh, released from some barbed wire got all tied up in whatever you know you get a nice uh, squishy cushy story at the end of the newscast the rest of it was nothing but blood and gluts uh, blood and guts and gore and we just love catastrophes man um the bigger the better we can talk about it for days um you know the, the weather channel says send us your weather videos because they want they want to show the drama on tv it's a drama it's what it is it's drama it's suspense oh my god what's going to happen is it going to kill how many people is it going to kill how big is the flood going to be how, how how high are the winds going to be how many trees are going to be knocked down how many people are going to be displaced we're just we have all these questions that we want answered and we want to see it happen we want to watch it on tv and we want to just watch it unfold. It's like a movie. It's like a big catastrophe movie. And uh, we love it. We love catastrophes. So it's just funny to me, man. And then you watch, uh, you watch all the news channels. And I think they go through the dictionary and they try and find the biggest words that they can use to describe this thing to make it seem even bigger and more catastrophic. And that's one of the words they'll use is catastrophic. And, uh, you know, destructive strike. And it's going to dump 20, 12 to 24 inches of rain. And catastrophic flooding. And destructive strikes. And life-threatening storm surge. And it's going to be a Mike Tyson punch to the East Coast. I mean, it's funny. Oh, I just love it. I, I think it's hilarious. Not, you know, not the destruction that it's going to cause. But just the drama. And again, my nose is running. But just the, the drama that we put into it, it's just, it cracks me up. It really does. We love catastrophes. But I was going to go out to Folly Beach yesterday because um, I wanted to check out the waves. I don't surf, really, but I'll bodyboard, you know, boogie board. Um, I got a paddle board I could put out there on the water and ride some waves in. But uh, I'd love to take my kayak out there, but I have a sit-inside kayak instead of a sit-on-top, and that doesn't. It didn't work very well when you got some water crashing over your boat, so it would uh, fill me up and tip me over, sink me, whatever. That's not good. But uh, I ain't going to put the kayak on the river, though. So I was going to go down there, and they had a mandatory evacuation, like I said, for the, for the, for the coast uh, starting at noon yesterday. So if I was going to do that, I would have had to have gotten up early excuse me, to get out there, and um, I had worked Monday night, I was tired, I didn't feel like getting up early, especially that early before noon, because um, I would have had to get up at, I don't know, I'm not going to go into the times, but I, I didn't get away until afternoon, so I said, man, there's no way they're going to let me out there on Folly Beach, if they're, back, if they're doing a mandatory evacuation, I'm not going to be able to go, um, I was going to try, but and then later on in the afternoon, when I was watching some TVs and stuff, uh, when I was out and about, 
you know, you couldn't even get onto the island without the credentials showing that you were allowed to be on the island, that, you know, that you were a resident or whatever. So they would have turned me away. Um, but I was going to go out there to Folly Beach, and then I was going to stop, make a stop on the way back by Fans Brewing Company because I love that place and the, and the guys that, that own it and run the place out there, Justin and Jason and Colin and uh, all those guys. I was going to stop in and have some pizza and maybe get a couple of their fantastic brews. But I did not. did not do that. I ended up, like I said, I saw on some uh, social media that there were some places open um, and that a lot of places were closed. So I ended up going down to Holy City Brewing Company. Sat there for quite a while with the great guys down there. Loved that place. Um, had a new beer down there. It was a it was called Michel, and I'm assuming it's a playoff of a song. Uh, there's a lyric in a song that uh, goes something like Michel, my bell. I can't remember who sings that song. Um, Slick Rick, I think, maybe, or something. But it's an old school 80s uh, lyric, I think, is what the play is. I didn't ask anybody, but I'm just assuming. It was a, a dark saison, a hoppy, a, a dark hoppy saison. I can't remember what the hell it was. <clears throat> it was pretty tasty. Let's see if I can find it here real quick. Oh, you know what? I went to check it in yesterday, and, and it wasn't. It, nobody loaded it yet, so I don't think it's in there. Let's see. Me shell. Um, Holy city. Let's type that. No, nobody's. Uh, Nobody's uh, loaded that description in there yet, so. so I cannot tell you exactly what it is, but let's, um, yeah, Michelle, my belt, let's see what that looks like, let's see if I was right, oh, no, I'm totally wrong, it's the fucking Beatles, but I think somebody, uh, somebody sampled it in the, um, in the 80s, Hold on just a second. I'm looking. All right. So I went, uh, while I'm searching that, I'll, I'll, talk, I'll try and talk. So did that at Holy City. They had a burger special. I can't even remember what the damn burger was, but it was fucking delicious. It had some barbecue sauce on it. It had some onion straws. Uh, I can't remember the cheese that it had on it, but man, it was, it was fantastic. It was really good. I ended up leaving there and again, saw on the social media that, um, Common House Ale Works, which is right around the corner there in Park Circle, was open as well. So I said, okay, I'll go over there, do that. So I went to Common House Ale Works, had some fantastic beer over there. Um, they had a, a food pop-up out there. I didn't partake in any food. I uh, kicked back in a rocking chair, had a couple beverages, and just kind of people watched and sat there and made some notes about this uh, podcast today that I was going to talk about. So I did that. And then I left there and uh, kind of on the way home because I went up uh, Rivers Avenue after leaving Park Circle because I, didn't, uh, you know, the interstate was crazy because they reversed all the lanes and it was all going west, so that uh, you know, interstate was a parking lot. So I skirted that and just went up uh, Rivers Avenue. On the way down, there's a place called Neighborhood Tap House, so I stopped in there, had a couple tasty beverages as well, and I had a 
barbecue sandwich that was it was like um it was like a grilled cheese barbecue sandwich if you can imagine that so take your take your two slices of like texas toast bread butter them up throw barbecue on top put the two pieces together fry it in some butter in a pan like a grilled cheese sandwich grilled up in a pan some butter and serve it up slice it in half and that was a fantastic sandwich if you haven't been down there yet to neighborhood tap house get over there they have a ton of beers i think they have 20 i want to say 24 on tap so i'm gonna write that down to neighborhood tap go over there they got 24 tasty beverages on tap they got some bottles some cans they have full bar as well so you can get something else if you'd like they also have a pool table. They've got a couple video games. Um, a pretty concise menu, really. But it's all um, pretty decent food. You know, bar food type stuff. But it's a good place. I like it. I've heard that they bought a place called Cafe Craft closed down a few weeks ago. And I've heard that they bought most of their equipment. And that they're going to be opening up a second location somewhere off of Ashley Phosphate in Dorchester right there at that corner, I think. is what I've heard. So don't quote me on that. But I think there's going to be another uh, neighborhood tap house somewhere. So, all right, what else can we talk about here? Let's see what's in my notes. So the hurricane's coming. Um, <clears throat> it was. It made a little turn north, you know, the, over the past couple of days, and it was heading up towards. Um, Wrightsville, what the fuck was it? Wrightsville Beach, um, up of uh, Wilmington, North Carolina, I think it was. Wilmington? I don't know, man. Let me look at a map here. It was headed that direction, and so it was going to kind of go up north of us. We were going to, of course, get a lot of uh, rain, a lot of, you know, still getting some winds on the back end of the hurricane. Uh, but the main destructive force of it was going to kind of hit uh, about mid North Carolina. So we were going to get, you know, some of the outer bands of stuff. Um, for us, which was, which was good. I mean, that was going to be a lot less damage. You know, we were still going to get some storm surges and some wind, and um, it was still going to be catastrophic. But um, then it, you know, it looked more promising for us, I guess, because initially it was kind of coming straight at us. And they've been saying the whole time, even last week or so, that there was a, a big low pressure uh, sitting above it that was going to keep pushing it down like a paperweight is what I think I heard some, one guy say one day, like a paper, just sitting on it like a paperweight. So it was going to keep that trajectory just kind of coming straight at us. Well, it took a little upshift, <clears throat> sped up a little bit to like 140 miles per hour yesterday, Cat 4 uh, category. And I uh, woke up this morning and I saw that all the noodles had changed and it's now coming more um, toward the top of South, kind of at the border there, North and South Carolina. Uh, some some noodles show it kind of coming, hitting the coast and then sweeping down and kind of coming right through Charleston and then whipping back up and, and taking that, uh, coming inland and then taking that northward turn again. And it's just going to ride the coast up and just stay, you know, what they're saying now is it's just going to stay right on top of us. And uh, that's where that Mike Tyson punch came from. It's just gonna punch us right in the right in the in the Carolinas, and it's just gonna hang out over us for a while. They're saying it's gonna be the storm of a lifetime, is what they say. 
So it did that, made that turn. So now people are getting uh, frantic around here again. You know, yesterday there was a lot of sighs of relief and everybody was just kind of laughing and joking about it. Oh yeah, we missed this one. It's going to go up. And I mean, every place I went yesterday, all three places, all anybody was talking about was this hurricane. And I guess I'm talking about it too, but it was just funny to me. I, I, I had one headphone in. I was listening to a couple podcasts while I was out. Um, but with the other ear, I was just listening to people's conversations and it's funny the conversation that people would have. I can't even remember what they were, but just, oh, like I said earlier, people just love to talk about it. They loved, oh man, we're getting a hurricane. And they, they say it's horrible, but they want it so badly. I, I really believe that. Um, I keep looking backwards over here. If you, if I get this freaking video to work, the video works. The video works. My editing works. My software editing works. It's the computer to render that video so I can put it on, on YouTube. I don't have the processing power and the memory and the RAM and all that kind of stuff. So um, sometimes it's working, sometimes it's not. But <clears throat> I keep looking back at the monitor. I put a picture up here of uh, Leia on the monitor today instead of a uh, uh, craft conversation photo. It's a picture of Leia with some headphones on. She's uh, podcasting up here one day with me. So she didn't say much. But, um, yeah, I got a picture of her on the monitor. Maybe I'll take that same picture and uh, throw it up as the, uh, as the picture for the podcast. Maybe I'll do that. What was I saying next? Uh, so, you got the hurricane. So, just everybody's out there talking about it, man. It took this little turn back towards us. So, I'm riding it out. We're having a big, um, uh, you know, homegrown is planning to stay open the entire time. We're going to ride this storm out unless it just gets really crazy, you know, Friday or Saturday. But uh, we're going to have a party tomorrow at Homegrown. Let me look it up. I'll tell you what it's all about. So, and I never did find anything on that song. But I know that, I know that line, Michelle, my bell, was, was used in a rap song for sure. So if anybody knows what that rap song is, please uh, comment on the show and let me know what that is. Uh, you can send me an email, craftconversationspod at gmail.com. You can uh, post a response on Instagram when I post this or on Facebook. Uh, you can make a comment right there on um, the episodes themselves, you know, off of YouTube or Podbean or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. But let me know if you know what that reference is, the Michelle Mybell, what rap song that was uh, referenced in. Or what rap or what rap group and song. Give me the whole, give me all the information. I'd appreciate it. I'd appreciate it. Facebook.com. Let's go to Homegrown Brew House. We just made up this uh, event today. Everybody's trying to capitalize on it, on the uh, hurricane. That's another thing people do. All I've seen today on social media from everybody that's staying open is, come on out. We got discounts. You know, buy one, get one free growlers. Uh, 30% off of this. Uh, 10% off of that. Specials. Games. Food. Whatever. <clears throat> Here we go. We're going to tomorrow, September 13th. The event uh, hosted by Homegrown Brewhouse is called Go Home Flow. You're drunk. Pretty funny, right? Kayla's pretty clever sometimes. That's at 117 South Main Street, downtown Somerville. That's going to be from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. And already 10 people said they're going. 78 people said they're interested. Uh, so that's 88. I usually count on 10% of those people to show up. So that's uh, eight people that are going to be there tomorrow. <laughs> right now. So 
Um, <clears throat> we had an event that was going to be going on tomorrow with the brewing company, but uh, we couldn't receive their kegs due to the hurricane. They, they couldn't deliver them, so we had to scratch that idea. And uh, Caleb came up with this. So looks like the hurricane won't be here for a while. We'll be throwing a hurricane party instead. Come in on Thursday, September 13th, starting at 5, and we will be celebrating Charleston Beer Week by giving away Charleston Beer Week shaker glasses and tickets with every pour of the following beers. And I'm not going to go through all the beers, but there's a list of beers here. If you get one of those beers, we'll give you the shaker glass and uh, give you a ticket. Each ticket will give you the opportunity to win Charleston Beer Week swag, like shirts and tulip glasses. So if you're still in town you look for something to do, join us for the fun. And I say us, I think it's just going to be me. I don't know if Caleb will actually be working or not. I hope he does. It'll be fun if both of us are there. And we can kind of hobnob with the eight people that come in. <laughs> no, there should be more people there than that. And tomorrow should be the singer-songwriter um, series as well. It, unless, you know, whoever was supposed to show up and jam um, decides they want to leave town. Then we might not have any live music. So don't quote me on the music part. We'll have music playing on Jukebox, jamming it. Uh, we'll have the volume up. We're going to party. So, get on over to Homegrown Brewhouse tomorrow, or tonight. They're open tonight. Caleb asked me if I wanted to work. I did not, so I, I am not. So, not working. Let's go back to my list. Um, went over to my parents' house. Well, I went to Harris Teeter today to get me my essentials for the Hurricane, uh, Hurricane Florence. I got some toilet paper, some dog food, and some beer. So that's my that's my hurricane preparedness list. That's what I got. I don't have anything in my fridge, so nothing's going to go bad. I'm not worried about that. Uh, if power goes out, that's fine. I don't need power. I don't watch a lot of TV. The only thing I really need power for is, is a podcast. Um, I'll have my phone. I can watch Netflix, YouTube, whatever, and do you know entertain myself, read a book audio, listen to an audio book, <clears throat> podcast, whatever, so I'm not too worried about that. Um, what else was I going to say? Yeah, I'm going I'm to uh, uh, fill up some, some jugs of water. I'm going to have some water, so I, I got that. I can fast for days, so I don't even need any food. I'm not too worried about food, but... Um, Went by my parents' house. They're all prepared. My dad was supposed to have a generator coming in. UPS contacted him today and said, sorry, due to the hurricane, we might not get you your generator in time. My dad's like, well, due to the hurricane, I need my generator in time. So it's kind of a, it's kind of a bad situation there, but I don't think he'll need it. <clears throat> he wanted it, though, because what he wants to do is if the power goes out, shit hits the fan, everything, everything goes out. Um, he's got a small... Um, glassed-in porch off the back of the house. It's got a little, you know, tiny in-the-window air conditioner. He's got a TV out there. So his plan was uh, to hook up the generator right outside the, the porch, and he would be able to run his AC. He'd be able to run a TV, you know, maybe with an antenna if, 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 if uh, he could do that. He'd be able to run the refrigerator through the, through the house and a washing machine if need be. So, um, if he didn't get that generator, all those plans are going to be out the window. But he wanted, uh, he was talking today about just putting a bunch of you know, pallets and some cushions and stuff out on the porch. And they could sleep on the porch in air conditioning while everybody else is sweating their ass off in the house. Which is, I mean, you know, it's not hardly hot outside right now. But it's going to get humid and 
but the temperature is going to go down, you know, with this storm coming through. So that was his plan. But they they're stacked stacked stocked up with food and water and just all kind of stuff and uh, really prepared over there. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I told them I may come over and and ride the storm out with them since they are stocked up, and then we can just hang out and have a good time as a family and kind of be reminiscent of uh, Hurricane Hugo that we rode out together back in 1989. I want to say we had five cars in the driveway, two in the garage, um, a handful of dogs, and I think we had, I can't even recall, I mean it was definitely five of us because it was my brothers and uh, my parents, it was five there. I want to say we had eight people in the house. I think my, I think my grandparents came over, I can't remember. But it was a lot of people and it was a lot of cars and we had zero damage except for a little corner of the house. About 20 trees, you know, came down and, and the yard was pretty tore up. And, uh, you know, there's devastation for sure, but the house fared well. Only one tree in the front yard fell and kind of clipped the, the side of the house. We had one that was coming down right over the middle of the house that uh, never made it down. They've uh, since, of course, cut that tree down. So, yeah. I may go over there and it might be kind of reminiscent of Hurricane Hugo. We'll have a little party. So that might happen. Uh, what else? What else? What else? All right. So I'll do this and I'll, I'll, I'll end with this. All right. So I try when I'm on schedule, because I've kind of been off schedule here lately, guys, and I apologize. I'll get back to the Tuesday, Fridays. But um, like I said, I was, I've been kind of down the past couple of weeks and just haven't had the energy to really think about a podcast, much less do it. So I've been putting it off, but <clears throat> it's not fair to you guys. So um, I'm trying to get back on the ball. But usually on the Tuesday episodes, I'll, I'll talk about uh, David Goggins. Every Monday he does a post, a motivational post. Of sorts, uh, a little workout that he's doing and, and a little blurb on how he's feeling that day so let's see how what was I gonna how was I gonna phrase this I'm, I'm gonna phrase it I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you exactly what he said here in a second but anyway I was working Monday night some runners came in from uh, Fleet Feet of Somerville running club so every every Monday night they do a, a small little run there in Somerville downtown Somerville three four miles maybe five whatever they always run right by, right in front of Homegrown Brew House. And I saw my brother run by. I figured he'd come back and, and talk to me later on, and he did. He came in, and there was uh, three other people that came in with him, and they're just sitting there talking and talking about all their races and their running and everything that they're doing and how much they run and how many miles they're putting in during the week. And the guy at the bar interjects and says he doesn't run. says the only time he's going to run is if there's a cop running after him with a dog. Or the only time he doesn't, only time, what did he say? He said, the only time I'll run is if there's a cop chasing me or there was some other reason that he would run. I can't remember what it was. But he said if it was a cop with a dog, he wouldn't run because he knew he couldn't make, he, he knew if there was just a cop, he could put a couple fences in between him and the cop and he'd be fine. But he said he wouldn't outrun the dog. So that's the only time he wouldn't run. Something like that. I don't know if that's exactly accurate, but... <clears throat> But anyway, he says he doesn't run because his knees and his ankles can't handle it. Now, this guy is younger than me. He's in his 30s, maybe early 30s even. I, I don't, I'm not even sure his age. I'm like, come on, dude. Your knees and ankles can't handle it? I don't even know what you're talking about. 
And I said, you know why your knees and ankles can't handle it? It's because you don't run. If you're soft in your endeavors, then your body's going to stay soft. You know, reminds me of uh, David Goggin's post, which I'm going to get to. But you, you can't say you're not a runner. Anybody can be a runner. I mean, unless you don't have legs, obviously. I'll put that in air quotes, obviously. Um, anybody can run, man. It just takes practice. Anybody can be a bodybuilder. It just takes practice. Anybody can swim. It just takes practice. Anybody can ride a bike. It just takes practice. Anybody can do a podcast. It just takes practice. So to say that you can't run and that your knees and ankles can't handle it and that you're not a runner, whatever, that's fine. You might not want to be a runner, but you could be if you wanted to be. All you have to do is train. You can't go out there and do three, five, six, ten miles the first time out, and then you're going to be sore as hell, and your knees are going to bother you, your ankles are going to bother you, your back's going to bother you maybe. Uh, you probably can't breathe because your lungs aren't trained properly yet, and you can't exchange oxygen efficiently like you're supposed to. So, yeah, it's going to hurt, and your knees and ankles aren't going to be able to handle it. But if you go out and you start just, uh, you know, walking a mile a day, uh, walking a couple miles uh, a week from then, maybe jog, walk and jog a little bit uh, the week after that for two and a half miles. You know, if you work your way into it and you do some small mileage throughout the week, you kind of walk to run uh, progression. If, uh, if you get the right, I don't even know, I was going to say if you get the right shoes, but you don't even need the right damn shoes. Just put something on your feet and get out the door and go. And if you make small incremental increases in those efforts, uh, most people recommend a 10% increase per week in mileage and effort. Your body's going to start to change. You know, I used to be a run trainer um, in the Air Force, and I did a, a lot of sprinting and long distance running, short distance running, easy days, hard days, fast, slow, um, <clears throat> some cross training in between. But if you train your body, your body's going to change. Your body is going to change and adapt to what you're putting it through, just like we evolve and adapt to every change that's happened in the existence of mankind, or people kind. I don't know. Should I say mankind? I mean, so yeah, your body's going to change. Your your ligaments are going to get stronger. Your tendons are going to get stronger. Your uh, your muscles are going to get stronger. Those connections are going to get stronger. Your your um, Electrical system, you know, the firing of your of your nerves and the synaps synapses are going to get stronger, and they're going to get more efficient and quicker to respond better to the to the stresses that you're putting it on. Your <clears throat> your uh, cells are going to change at a cellular level, of course, at a cellular level. They're cells. You're gonna you're gonna make more capillaries, which is going to be able to carry more blood to those tissues and to the muscles. And your heart is going to get more efficient at pumping that blood. And the blood is going to start to pick up more oxygen and carry more oxygen more efficiently to the muscles. Everything's going to change and increase based on the effort that you put in. So if you're not putting in any effort and your body doesn't have to change, your body doesn't have to, to sustain that stress, it's not going to worry about it. It doesn't give a shit. It's going to say, okay, I can do what you're doing right now sitting down on this bar stool. I can do what you're doing at home sitting in your recliner, laying in your bed. I don't need to be strong. I don't need to support a lot of activity, a lot of weight, and a lot of uh, stress in my knees and my ankles. So when you do put it through that stress initially, yeah, it's going to scream at you. It's going to say, hey, yo, whoa, what are you doing here, guy? Why are, you, uh, why are you messing with me? You know, you're stressing me out here. Just relax. So if you continually put that stress on it, then the body's going to say, okay, I guess Brian's decided he wants to be a runner now. We're going to have to change, guys. We're going to have to we're gonna have to put on some uh, some muscle. We're going to have to build some more capillaries and and... 
and get more efficient at using this damn oxygen, I guess, because Brian decided he wanted to run. And it's going to change, I guarantee you. So the guy says he can't handle it, his knees and ankles can't handle it. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. <clears throat> so what David Goggins say? Here was his post from Monday. If you are always comparing yourself to mediocre people, that's exactly what you will be. A lot of people think that they are on top of their game because they are the best amongst the group of people who don't even give a fuck. Mediocrity feels so fucking good. If you wake up and don't want to work out, all you have to say is, fuck it, I don't give a shit. And if you're mediocre, you're probably hanging around other people, other mediocre people, so they are happy that you don't add pressure to their life. One big, happy, soft-ass family. People don't like hanging around other motherfuckers who make them feel uncomfortable or like an underachiever on a regular basis. We stay away from the fucking savage who wakes up at 3.30 regardless of weather. If they got a good night's sleep... Oh, wait, wait. We stay away from the fucking savage who wakes up at 3.30 regardless of the weather, regardless if they got a good night's sleep, regardless if their life sucks and times are hard. People stay clear of that cat. Those kind of people make you question yourself. They also let you know where your life ends and their life begins. Don't hang around with people who say, it's okay, you deserve a day off. Hang around people who make you uncomfortable because they are on a quest to find more. Comfort is a fucking drug. Once you get used to it, it becomes fucking addictive. There you go. There you go. And one last thing I'd like to say before I close this thing out. Besides, stay hard, like uh, David Goggins says. Um, I've received so many great comments from people that are, are loving the honesty and the rawness of what's going on in my life and, and the things I talk about and stuff that's going on around town. I just want to let you guys know that I appreciate each and every one of you, and I thank you for listening, and I hope you continue to listen, and I hope you tell a friend, a family member, and as always, if I can just help one person improve their life, then this is all worth it. This is all worth it. That's all I got, guys. I'm going to go try and uh, do a little kayaking on the river. Stay safe out there. And-